Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things came into being through Him, and without Him, not one thing came into being. What has come into being in Him was life, and the life was the light of all people. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness did not overcome it. There was a man sent from God whose name was John. He came as a witness to testify to the light so that all might believe through him. He himself was not the light, but he came to testify to the light, the true light, which enlightens everyone was coming into the world. He was in the world, and the world came into being through him, yet the world did not know him. He came to what was his own, and his own people did not accept him. But to all who received him, who believed in his name, he gave power to become children of God, who were born not of blood or of the will of flesh or of the will of man, but God. And the word became flesh and lived among us. And we have seen his glory, the glory as of a father's only son, full of grace and truth. John testified to him and cried out, This was he of whom I said, He who comes after me ranks ahead of me because he was before me. From his fullness, we have all received grace upon grace. The law indeed was given through Moses. Grace and truth came through Jesus Christ. No one has ever seen God. It is God, the only Son, who is close to the Father's heart, who has made him known. My friends, this is the word of God for us, the people of God. Thanks be to God. Amen. I do invite you to remain standing for just a moment. We have our chorus of response each week will be a verse from Silent Night, which comes from our series. Today we'll be singing verse 3. Will you join with me? The words are on the screen. I love this season of preparing uh, for Jesus and his birth and also to remember uh, that Jesus is coming again. What an encouraging and powerful time. Not a lot of us like waiting, but the preparations for Christmas make it so so much more joyful and, and enjoyable as well. I've got to thank our choir and our musicians. It's beautiful music every week. They are working so hard. I just I know that you are putting in wonderful time, and I thank you. Can we share love with our uh, music ministry, if you would? Let's give them. Thank you. Thank you. Oh, my goodness. It takes a village. It takes the body of Christ to do what we do each week and to give God praise and to be in ministry. I love Christmas. One of the things I love about Christmas is that you can see it everywhere. Not only can you see it in Walmart in July, but you can see it 
<laughs> when you go around, let's not get into the argument of when Walmart needs to, because that's a, that's a divisive issue right there. Uh, you can see it. Drive downtown. Oh, my goodness. We've got the decorations out on the lamppost. The city does it up. It's wonderful. I love it. You can, uh, the bank uh, across the street and the businesses, they put up the wreaths around. And I'll tell you what, I do not want to be the guy who gets up on the ladder to put those wreaths up there. Will, I know that you worked hard. You're a brave man. You did it all by yourself, didn't you? <laughs> in fact, sometimes there are years when our tree at home goes without a star until somebody comes over because I'm not getting on a ladder. But I love decorations. You can drive down the streets at night. You can see some of these houses with big windows in the front put their tree right in front of the window. You can see it lit up and beautiful. I saw one in October, but we can move on from that. I love to take the kids out. We do this every year. We need to do this soon uh, to go and look at the houses that decorate outside to go see the Christmas lights. It's just such a beautiful thing to do. Our own house. I love it. Amanda uh, really does a wonderful job uh, in the house at Christmas. We've got a Christmas tree in every room, 40 in the bathroom. I'm playing. We don't have them in the bathrooms. Uh, There are garlands up along. It's really beautiful, and the kids love it. Uh, It's just a wonderful thing, man. I'm going to tell you in public. Thank you. You make Christmas wonderful for the children. Um, And I love it, too. Uh, So I love Christmas. You can see all the decorations everywhere. You know what I don't like? I don't like decorating for Christmas. So here's the story. You guys know this just as well as I do. We moved here in June, right? And so we had a big moving truck, and uh, it had uh, 4,000 boxes of Christmas decorations in it, as well as all of our other belongings. And so it's June. We have a day to unpack the truck and put things where they go. In June, who cares about Christmas decorations? In June, you're not thinking about Christmas decorations. So we thought they go in the shed. For now, they go in the shed. So there they go in the shed. Perfect. We unpack the rest of the truck. We've got a house full of stuff. We don't know where to put it yet. And we think, where do I put this till I figure it out? Aha, the shed. Because I don't live in the shed. It doesn't matter if it's full. When you come to see us, you don't come to see the shed. You come to the house. So let's put it all in the shed. And then we live there for a couple weeks and say, I don't know what to do with that. (laughs) There are six more inches at the top of the box pile in the shed. We can fill it all the way up. Let's go. And that's great until it's time to decorate Christmas. Because then all your 40 or 50 million boxes of Christmas decorations are wherever they are in the Jenga pile that is your shed. And so then you got to go dig it all out. Oh, it's just decorating for Christmas is not my favorite thing. Um, And then we have these beautiful decorations in our house, but the problem is is you get all these, you see these uh, artificial evergreen pine needle things? They're everywhere. They're They're like glitter. You don't know how it got there, but it's there. You sat on it. It's in your shoes. How? Who knows? The dog's eating it. I don't get it, but there it is. And the part, the part that's the worst, I need you to tell me if I'm the only one here, is when this happens. You have decorated all five of your Christmas trees. I love you with all my heart, Amanda Moore. All 47 of your Christmas trees have Christmas lights on them. And you have really done a job. Now, uh, on the years that I do this, I, 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 and, you know, Amanda does more than I do because she doesn't like to listen to me complain about Christmas lights. She really has learned that um, I'm kind of a baby when it comes to doing this. And I get, I was like, okay, kids, let's get you a glass of eggnog and some hot cocoa. Come around, for Father has strung the tree with lights, and we will now light the tree together. Come, children, be filled with the joy of the season. And then you go to plug it in, 
and nothing. Nothing. And you do the whole Clark Griswold thing, and you try to plug it in four or five more times. You hope that maybe there's something wrong with it, and you just go, and there's nothing. And you look at that tree, or you look at the garland. If you got it all outside, you look at your roof, and you're like, what? I know what happened. I know enough about the basics of electricity to understand what is wrong with this light. But the fact that I know makes it even more frustrating because on this strand, there are a hundred lights. On the tree, there are seven million lights in one. One is out. One. Oh, well, see, here's Stanton. This is where I'm at. This is where I'm at. I'm glad you said that. This is where I'm at. I would personally, upon seeing this horrific situation, would rather take them all off the tree, throw them in the trash, cover them up with some newspapers so Amanda doesn't know I did it, and then go to the store, buy new lights, and put them back on than I would to go through all 7 million of the lights that are on in my house. Because it goes like this. You go looking for the lights, and it's never the first one. It's never the middle one. It's always the last one. And if you were to try to start on the other end, I don't know how this is physically possible. It would still be the last one. And so there you go. guy like me who was, I don't bite my nails. I manicure them biologically. Um, You have to try to, you've got to try to glid your fingernails in the little joker and pull each one out one at a time, test each light. You go and you go and you got your, your extra bulb just ready to go. Finally. I do like this feeling though. Uh, you're working it all around. I'm, 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 I'm praising the Lord as I do. Like, God bless it. Bless my little heart. Come, Lord Jesus. Please let there be light. Finally get one in. This one didn't work. And you get it and you hope that, oh. Goodness. One more. So I find it. And you get it. I don't know what. There's something metaphysical happens within me in this moment. I'm like, like, hey, kids, come here. I have not been acting like a complete toad this whole time. Uh, I've been very holy. Come here, kids, kids, let there be light. And they're like, yeah, Dad, you know, you've been working at it for an hour. We didn't want to be near you. Mom told us to go to our room until you were finished. But look, look what I did. Look. The sermon will still work if this light's broke, y'all. But listen, I don't know what it is. I... I love it. Don't breathe. All right, sermon's over. This works. But I just love it. I like to to pull the kids around and do that whole magic thing. It's like when you go to a store and they have automatic uh, doors, and I'm probably the only one. I'm like, hey, kids, look, I can use the force. And the door opens. I like to do that with the lights. I'm like, hey, kids, look what I can do. Let there be lights. And it goes. And I feel like it's pretty exciting. I feel like that's a Christmas thing to say. Let there be light. There's light everywhere, so you say, let there be light, and I love it. I think it is probably a Christmas thing to say, really. I mean, if you really think about that. Now, you know where the phrase comes from. You know why I can feel all holy saying that, right? Because that's a quote from the Bible. Y'all remember where, right? Open your Bible, page one, pass the table of contents. Right there, pass the how do I read thee and thou and thy, next page, Genesis 1. In the beginning, oh, I love it. There's an opening book of Genesis, uh, opening verses of Genesis. It says, when God created the heavens and the earth, the earth was formless and void, and darkness covered the deep. And then God said, 
Let there be light. And there was light. That would be a good moment, don't you think? If only we were created at that point to figure out how to feel about that. But God said, let there be light, and there was light. And so beyond the fact that I think that's cool, you might be wondering, why have you talked for this many minutes about let there be light, it's Christmas time? Well, I think if you were to look at the Gospel of John, that let there be light has everything to do with Christmas. Everything to do with Christmas. And I know some of you are very astute Bible scholars, and you have read the Gospel of John many times. Some of you could quote it by heart, I know. And you're thinking, Jim, you do have a training in the Bible, right? You know, there's not really, let's talk about Christmas in the Gospel of John. I know, I know. The Gospel of John doesn't have, um, there's no wise men in the Gospel of John. This is the fourth Gospel in the Bible. If you read through it, there's no wise men. Um, there's, there's a donkey in the Gospel of John, just like there is here, but he's the one who carries Jesus into Jerusalem later. Um, I don't know about a camel. I haven't read that far. But there's no choirs of angels in the Gospel of John. There's no, ah, there's no manger and a baby wrapped in swaddling cloths and laid in a manger. There's no, um, really, you don't see Joseph. You hear about him once or twice. Mary doesn't show up until Jesus is grown and goes to a wedding and then again at a cross. So the Gospel of John it doesn't really have a lot of information about what we know about Christmas. Now, most of what we know about the Christmas story as we know it comes from two of the four Gospels, Matthew and Luke. It's Matthew. He tells us after that long genealogy that you skip over every time you read it. Uh, right there in chapter 2, he tells us about Joseph. And the angel came to Joseph and said, hey, Joseph, something weird's about to happen. You need to go with it, son. And Joseph does. Um, That was the Jim paraphrase. You should read it for yourself. Um, There's also the story of the wise men or the three magi from the east who follow the star to find Jesus. You get that from Matthew. It's Luke where we get most of the rest of it, the story that you're probably most familiar with. Do you remember A Charlie Brown Christmas? It's one of my favorite Christmas movies. I love it. I love all the music from it. I could sing it over and over. I won't right now because Brian would shame me because he's better at it than I am. Um, but they're, the little Charlie Brown Christmas kids, they're putting on a Christmas play. And at the end of it, uh, little Linus comes out with his blanket. You know who I'm talking about? He sits in the spotlight and he says, Yeah, well, in that country, shepherds. And he goes on. That's Luke chapter 2, word for word. That's where we get most of the information about a Christmas story. But listen. The Gospel of John does tell a Christmas story. It's just very different. Instead of taking us back to the manger to tell us the Christmas story, the Gospel of John goes all the way back to creation, back to Genesis to tell us the Christmas story. This is where the whole light thing comes in. Let me say for you again the beginning, the opening words of the Gospel of John. See if they ring a bell. In the beginning... You remember that? That's, it's a literal quote from Genesis. In the beginning. John says, in the beginning. He wants to take us all the way back to tell us there's something Christmassy about the beginning. He says, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. The Word was with God in the beginning. All things were created through the Word, and nothing was created that was not made through the word. This is what John's telling us about the beginning as he's telling his Christmas story. And he says, all that came into being through him was life. And that life was the light of all 
men, all humankind. John is telling us something about Christmas, about Jesus. He says, the word. It's kind of an interesting, weird thing to say, but what he says is Jesus is the word. When God spoke back in Genesis and he said, let there be, and there was, Jesus was the word that he spoke. Jesus was the power by which he said, let there be light, and there was light. The Gospel of John tells us the light shines in the darkness, and the darkness cannot overcome it. So in the beginning, John wants us to see this, before Jesus ever comes to earth, Jesus was in the beginning, and God spoke a word, and that word was Jesus, and when God spoke the word Jesus, it lit up the world. Both John and Genesis want to tell us that in the beginning of all things there was darkness. But God spoke the word, and that word was Jesus, and the word lit up the world with light and life. Let there be light. John wants us to see that that light is not just light, like from uh, incandescence or from the sun or moon and stars, but that light is life that comes from God. Jesus is the word that God spoke, and it lit up the world. Let there be light. Now, after God spoke in the book of Genesis and light filled the world, it'd be great. Everything's bright, right? For a long time, just turn the page and it starts to get dark again. You remember the story of how the world has gone? God said, let there be in Genesis chapter 1, and there was. Genesis chapter 3, it starts to get dark again. You remember Adam and Eve? They ate the forbidden fruit, the fruit of the knowledge of good and evil because God told them not to and it starts to get a little more dim. Turn the page one more time. Cain and Abel, Adam and Eve's children, they get into some sibling rivalry. I know this never happened in your house. They want to, well, you're offering. God liked it better than mine. Well, Cain couldn't handle it and he decided to murder his brother Abel. Extinguished the light of life from his brother. The world gets a little darker. This is just a page and two pages after the story. Just fast forward a little bit, just one more example from the scriptures. The people of Israel, they literally followed a pillar of fire, a pillar of light, which was God, out of Egypt to be free, and they finally enter the promised land. They had been wandering the desert, but now, now in the middle of the Old Testament, they have their own land, their own nation. They've got a king. They've got everything they've ever wanted. God has blessed them, and they say, thank you, God. We have used you to the last drop, and we are done. Thank you for giving me everything I ever wanted. I've got it from here, which could be the story of some of our lives if you think about it. And they said, oh, I'm going to go look for other gods who have more interesting and exciting things for me. And the problem was they separated themselves from God and their life was dark. The world became darker for them. The light of life dimmed. There was oppression and murder and destruction and the light dims. And you just carry that on out. There are times to walk through this world, you've got to squint pretty hard just to see if you can see anything. Because it seems like the light has gotten dimmer and dimmer in many parts of the world. Thank God for some few flashes of of brilliance every now and then. But you look and we even see people. Just go into a public place and see people. And they just walk like they're dark behind their eyes. Sometimes you can just feel it coming off of people. Sometimes you can sit at a restaurant and see a couple over yonder and know it's pretty dark over there. You don't even have to know what's going on. It can be pretty dark. The same thing is true in our lives. 
mean, do you see the darkness in your own life? I mean, I wonder if there was a time when you, you felt bright and alive. Maybe you do now, and I praise the Lord for that. But maybe there was a time when you felt bright and alive, but you think about your life now and you think, it's not as bright like it's supposed to be. Things are darker than they were. Maybe, maybe it was something that happened to you. Darkness has a horrible way of making you pay for the consequences of other people's choices. Maybe, maybe it was something that you've done. Let's be very honest here. We are in church on a rainy Sunday, but we cannot pretend that we are not carrying around some shame and guilt in our lives for the things that we've said and the things that we've done. We feel a little dark. Gosh, you know what's so funny about that? It's not even, it's just interesting is you'd think time would get over that, but I know people carrying around 30, 40, 50, 60 years of dark. So you say, maybe it's just, you get to the point you say, I'm not living like I'm supposed to. My, my life is like this string of lights. It's supposed to be bright, but it's not. And it's frustrating. I know how frustrating it is to have these work. And so maybe you go through and you say, well, I'm just going to replace some bulbs in my life to let the light turn back on because that's how it works. You say, okay, I need, to, um, I need to buy a different set of clothes so that I can fit in a little better and plug that light in and it still doesn't work. Maybe if I get, uh, if I get um, a good job, make some extra money, maybe more than my neighbor or more than my brother. If I can make more than my mom or dad, I'll finally, I'll finally have some light in my life. So you just, you just put that light in there and it just doesn't seem to work. Or maybe you think, gosh, you know, maybe the light in my life, I just need to be really happy and it doesn't matter what anybody else really needs or thinks of me. So you just try to plug that in with a little bit of selfish love and activity and you think maybe that'll light my life. I know some people think that there are just something, if I can just watch this in the privacy of my own computer, if that would just light my life back up and it just doesn't work, it just gets darker and darker, you think, I just want to say sometimes, I can't figure this out, how to make my life bright again. I can't figure it out. And so maybe you just, I wish I could just say, let there be light to myself. Let there be light. It's like when I try to show my kids the Christmas lights and I really bungled it all up and it's just not turning on. I, you can't just say, let there be light and make it so. You see, the words that we have don't have the same power as the words that God has. It doesn't seem that there's the light of life in our words. Let there be light. You know what I like to do? when I have some Christmas lights and they don't work. I don't like to mess with them. I like to throw them in the trash. I'm not playing with you. It's a character flaw, sure. Is it wasteful? Yeah, Dave Ramsey, come and get me, buddy. But I'm going to go buy some new lights and I'll just throw these ones in the garbage and forget they ever existed. And you know what? I'm so glad that God is not like that. God doesn't look at this world and say, wow, I said, let there be light a handful of years ago. And look at it now. It's as dark as could ever be. It's a cave out there. Look at what these people are doing to the earth that I gave them. Look at what these people are doing to each other. Can you hear an honest word in the world today? Look at how they're killing. Look at how they're taking advantage of the poor. Look at how their relationships are struggling. Look at what they do to themselves. You know what I'm going to do? I'm just going to scrap the whole thing, throw it in the trash, and forget about it. Thank God, God's God doesn't look at your life or my life and say, wow, that one really messed it up. Whoa, 
I didn't think I'd see one this bad today, but if you look at what they've done, gosh, they're hunched over with the shame of their mistakes. Can you believe how they hurt so-and-so? What were they thinking? Oh, they weren't. That's the problem. Do you see all the sin and guilt in their life? That's it. That one, done, gone. I can't deal with it. It's broken, and I'm going to go find a new one. Thank God that God doesn't work like that. Because God loves what God has made. And God has made the world, and whether you believe it or know it or not, God has made you. And God is not interested in tossing you away just because things have gotten dark in your life. What God wants to do is redeem you. Redeem the world. Let there be light. You see, there was a day a long time ago, and it doesn't feel like a Christmas story, when the world was formless and void, and what covered the deep? Darkness covered the deep. And what did God say? He said, let there be light. And here's the news for you. Here's what I need you to know so that you can know it, so that you can share it with somebody who's walking in darkness today. The Gospel of John tells us when darkness covered the world, the true light, which illuminates everyone, was coming. And the Word became flesh and dwelt among us. What Word? Jesus the Word the very word that God spoke, and there was light and life. So here's the situation. God at one time said, let there be light, and there was light and sun and moon and stars and night and day, and God spoke that word again. And this time, it looked like God's own son, a baby, born in Bethlehem and laid in a manger. Not just the light of the heavens and the light of your light bulbs, not light that you can shut out with blinds or closing your eyes in ignorance or shame, but the light of life has become flesh and lived among us. God said, let there be light, and this time it looked like God himself putting on the humanity that we walk in, even the darkness that He walk, we walk in, to bring light through it and return to the world the light of life to you and to everyone. God spoke that word once, let there be light. God spoke that word again in Bethlehem on a Christmas morning. Silent Night puts it this way. You know, it's the 200th anniversary of Silent Night this year, so we're digging into it during our sermon series over the next few weeks. Silent Night puts it this way. Son of God loves pure light. Radiant beams from thy holy face with the dawn of redeeming Son of God as love's pure light. The Son of God born on Christmas who has come into the world brings the dawn of grace that makes you new, that redeems you, that returns the light to your life that has been lost through sin and darkness of your own and others. It's like the sun rising in the morning when the rays of the sun begin to bathe everything in its path in its golden light until all shines. It's just like Jesus when the Psalm, or the song says, the dawn of redeeming grace. God has sent his son, the word became flesh, and redemption travels to you as he rises and falls upon you so that you can see, yes, this is the light of life. And the Gospel of John says, and all who received him were given the power to become children of God. God spoke that word once. And God spoke it again. And here's the good news that John reminds us. 
the light shines in the darkness and the darkness can not overcome it. My friends, I don't know what's happening in your life and I don't know where there's darkness. I don't know if there's a, a sin situation that you are con- currently struggling with that's very dark in your life, but I must remind you that God said once again, let there be light. I don't know if there's grief and your life is dark because those who you loved are no longer with you in some way or another, but I must remind you that God spoke once again, let there be light. And I don't know if life is so difficult for you And because somebody took something from you and robbed you of something that they never had a right to do in their life, and it is dark, and I'm very, very sorry, and it's horrible to know, but I need you to know this, that God has a habit of saying, let there be light. And the light shined in the darkness, and the darkness cannot overcome. That's John's Christmas story, all the way back from the beginning. God, when it was dark, spoke a word, and there was light and life. When the world was dark, and sin and death, and your life is dark, God spoke once again, let there be light. But this time, that light looked like Jesus Christ. Merry Christmas. The word has become flesh, and the light shines in the darkness, and the darkness cannot overcome it. Will you pray with me? Father, we thank you for your word, which has become flesh and dwelt among us. God, shine your